it's about getting into schools and talking to young people because you know I, I know that people can change uh, and, it, and it's about talking to people and getting them to understand and perhaps step back from violence and, and prejudice and whatever and we just need to work together and keep on the good fight there absolutely Hey there guys, we are ecstatically happy to announce that we are associated with the Sophie Lancaster Foundation. The times are changing and with the unfortunate death of Sophie, those changes have made a massive impact for the future. If Sophie was with us still today, I can guarantee what you are doing will still be reaching so many lives of young teenagers, young adults and those who wish to be as different as possible so thank you very much to find out more about this incredible foundation and all the work they do and more importantly how you can help head on over to www.sophielancasterfoundation.com It's Amber Hollinger. I'm a television animation director, and you're listening to the Chronicles of Podcast with Jamie and Tom. Hello, guys. Do you know what you used to do? Pull up one hand, shake it about. Pull up two hands, and shake that too. It's the Chronicles Podcast, and we're back again for the 29th edition of 29, Jamie! 29! 29! And I believe um, these are the Chronicles of, uh, of Amber Hollinger, am I right? That's absolutely right. Wonderful. Shall we uh, Shall we get on to business? Please do, my arms are going to fall off. Again. Cool. I'll manage. Hit it. everybody and welcome to the 29th edition of the chronicles of podcast and are the chronicles of amber hollinger it is i the bearded brummy of a pounding headache that he just can't seem to make go away today jamie and joining me as always is this handsome devil it's a Scotsman Tom. If you were not aware, guys, you're not aware of what Jamie's little segment is. He said these really high pitched. So uh, that's what. So ah, no, that's exactly what he did. That's he said these in a really high pitched way. If you were just curious, Jamie's nice. I love that segment as well. But literally, I've sat here like, cool. I can't hear a thing. <laughs> just you going. <laughs> become Asian all of a sudden, and um, yeah, it was just absolutely hilarious. It works for the YouTube viewers anyway. So oh, absolutely. Just, just get the face. Yeah, you get no noise. Just, just It's all face, no voice. I was going to say no action, but there's definitely action there. I was quite proud I of that. Just... I kept like, the same note as well. It was really good. I was quite proud of that. Yeah, just, you just get a bite of my better. I can't get my words out. You just get a bite of better microphone, my friend, is what you need to get. I almost did it again. I almost fucked up again. I'm just like, bleh, bleh. <laughs> it's like, word just shit coming out of my face. So... <laughs> How are you? That's annoying. I am very well. I've got a lot. I've got a bit of a headache, like I said. But other than that, I'm good. I decided this week I'm going to beat you to the punch with the pre-intro ramble. I was talking to my friend Stefan the other day, 
And it led me to ask you a personal question, Mr. Stevens. I mean, it depends what it is. And the answer is no. Have you ever wanked with a sock? No. Yeah, no, okay. so, yeah. No, I haven't. <laughs> Why would you ever do that? Because you sent me a meme and it was about something to do with a crusty sock. And you know the whole American wank sock, like in American Pie and stuff. And it got me thinking, who the fuck would use a sock to have a wank? Why is that a thing? I don't know. Is it, is it a thing? I, I mean, I've never done it personally. Bit a weird question to ask at the beginning of the show. I know, show right? Well. I, this, to like, be honest, was part of why I wanted to do it. I was intrigued how you'd react. Basically, welcome <laughs> to the show, everybody. Let's lure you all in. Do you ejaculate into a... <laughs> do you ejaculate into footwear? Can you tell me if you, you know... Do you cream into socks? Is that what you like to do? Do you jizz everywhere into, into a piece of clothing? <laughs> welcome to the show, everybody. Anyway, it's time for... <laughs> The child segment. Anyway, um, <laughs> what a weird. Do you know what I was going to ask you? What were you going to ask me? Did you ever have a jacket that made you run faster? What? When you're a kid, you put your jacket on and you have more speed. <laughs> oh, I know what you mean. I never did yeah. that. I remember seeing kids do that, but I don't think I ever did that. But I was a fat kid. I, I didn't know the meaning of run. I used to wear a jacket and I'd make it like airplane wings and run and be like, I'm running such faster because I've got a speed jacket on. This jacket makes me run. It's because one of my colleagues at work was just like, I can't remember what I said. I said something about doing with being a child. Um, I thought it was a great idea, right, as a kid, with, with, on a slide, so shiny metal slide with wooden sides. I thought, I know what's a great idea. I want to slide down here with my legs over the side. Ow. And then got really bad burns on my calves. <laughs> I can't remember how old I was. Seven, eight? That's so anyway, it wasn't very, it wasn't nice. I'll be honest. And I just went, oh, that hurts a little bit. And then cracked on my day. Um, probably lots of spinning and eating sand. Um, Rolling down hills on your side. Still why did, why did playgrounds and parks always have sand and not grass back in the day as well? I don't know. And it's like, that's so weird. There was this, I think, covered in pebbles or like, because I used to have this, I remember it was a park by my, I can't remember, it was my mom's friend. We used to like sitting on the hill and sliding down it. Every time, rip my trousers to shreds because it was just that unsafe material. <laughs> what are you like, hey, kids? But we're having this conversation, um, me and Connor, and then Luke pipes up, fan of the show, pipes up and goes, I never did that, but I used to put a carrier bag over my arms and try and pretend it was a parachute or a cape and jump off things. <laughs> That's fucking brilliant. <laughs> I'm going to question his parents letting him let a small child run off with a carrier bag, but when you're playing in the park with your mates, it's a man, is it? You just get a carrier bag and you just. <laughs> and you, your parents there going, What are you doing with a carrier bag? Yeah. Nothing. It's not going over my head, mom. It's fine. Bye. I'm, going to, I'm going to collect some pine cones. Why? What are you doing with the carrier bag? Do kids still do that? Collect pine cones? I don't know. Put them, in sink, put them in a sink of water and watch them close. Be like, Isn't nature wonderful? Does that actually happen? Yeah. No way. I did, did you not never know do that when you were a no. kid? Nope. Oh, please tell me you used to collect conkers at least. Yeah, we had a conker competition at school once. Oh, yeah. And it was like a league table, like a knockout competition. And me and the kid that I played against, we ne- ours never broke, so we never qualified. <laughs> we were there for days. <laughs> yeah, dare, dare, <laughs> dare three, and Tom is still trying to break Stephen's conker. <laughs> Did you soak them in vinegar? Were you one of them ones? Do you so- Why do you soak them in vinegar for? Makes them go hard. So you can't Does break it. 
yeah, that was either cheaters used to do it. What did you do as a kid? That's just sort of, you know. <laughs> did you know, Tom? Did you know the Panther can run at 200 miles an hour? Did you also know, Tom, listen, did you also know that giraffes are actually elephants? Did you know that? Did you also know? <laughs> what? Did you also know, uh, excuse me, that herbivores actually eat themselves? Did you know that? <laughs> That's why I feel like it's the way you're like, oh, but did you ever do that? No, I just, I didn't do that, no. I like to spin a lot and play in the park. I spin, eat my own bogeys, play in the park. Yeah. Hey, Jamie, a question before we move on. Oh, another one, yes. Have you ever wanged into a sock? <laughs> no. <laughs> why is that a thing? I don't know. It must be an Americanism, I don't know. It is a thing. You have heard this before, though, right? Well, yeah, but only from American Pie. Yeah, that's, 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 that's the thing. And people call it like a posh... No, no, posh wanks with condom, isn't it? Posh wanks with condom, but, yeah. Anyway, can we move on? Because it's yeah, like a bit. I love how uncomfortable I've made you with a wank sock. I just, I just, yeah, it's just a bit. Because I hope they wash it. I'm like, please say you wash it. Oh, please. Imagine Could you to put your foot oh, in it? Oh, mate. Oh. You just open up the drawer, and it's just phone fucking ecosystem. Like, oh my God, what's going on here? There's just loads of little people like, hello. We have <laughs> sperm people. Top, top, full day ahead. <laughs> Why is there an old sperm? <laughs> hello. I've been here 84 years. <laughs> I was your father's 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 wank sock. <laughs> Here, here's my son, Justin. Hello. Uh, he never did find the fittles. Um, I, 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 anyway, should we... Oh. Let's, let, let's massively move on from yep. a, a sperm ecosystem in your sock drawer. Oh. So it reminds me of um, South Park when, uh, what do they have? Is it ants? No, it's um, the sea monkey things. <laughs> the sea, you know, yeah, yeah. And Cartman, has, like, and sperm makes them grow this massive ecosystem that like, they have the whole like tribe and everything. And uh, Cartman said he got it through sucking on a hose. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me, that's back. That's back, I need to watch that. Has it started? So, Oh, yes, man, is... three, four episodes are out already on Now That's TV. Fucking hell, I'm so far behind. I'm and uh, catch up on that. Daddy's back. Yeah. Yeah. Tonight was the last night. Well, it was on last night in America, but it's out tonight at 10 p.m. Tonight at 10 p.m. Amazing. The return of Daddy. I can't wait. I, I'm literally like, I'm such a loser. I think he's not on my favorite. I, I said to the other half last night, I was like, babe, Daddy's back. Um, for those who don't know who I want about with Daddy, John Oliver. Last week's night with John Oliver is back on TV, and John Oliver is like my favourite human in the world. And I was like, I just, she was like, "You're so cute," and I was like, "I just love him so much." <laughs> Not as much as you, though. <laughs> <laughs> you just fucking like, suck up. <laughs> she's like, she's such a cheese ball. I was like, "Yeah, deal with it. Get over it. All right." <laughs> anyway, Mr. Stevens, how are you? I'm good. I'm I'm fucking tired. It's been a it's been a weekend, mate. It's been a weekend. Um, just a lot of uh, restless nights and not getting much sleep. So it's been, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm fucked. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, but let's be honest, Jamie Westwood, right? I almost called you something else then. Let's be honest, you Jamie. You're going to call me. Restwood. All right, Scooby. I've, I've just totally forgotten how to say W. I don't know what's wrong with me. Is it rubble, you? Anyway. Um, uh, I've now completely forgotten what I was going to say to you. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I'm shattered. Let's be honest. And then I was expecting something. What's new? What's new? Oh, okay, that was all. What, yeah. What's what's what? 
So it's, it's Tom Tyler. Is it cool? And grass is green. <laughs> In other news, water is wet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In other news, Snoop Dogg smoked a split before the oh, Super Bowl halftime show. I can't oh, believe we've actually kicked off about that. I'm like, yeah. I know. It's the most ridiculous thing about You, you know the LA, uh, the Rams play the Bengals tonight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, there you go then. <laughs> it's as obvious as if that. You're going to ta- if you're going to tell me some pieces of useless information, I'll tell you some of myself. I, you know. And while we're at it, you know, giraffes are actually elephants. Anyway, um... <laughs> What have, uh, what have you been doing with yourself? Uh, not a fat lot, to be honest. I've been mostly workity, workity, work, work, working. What's that uh, called? Rihanna. Rin. Work, 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 work. Uh, I didn't get to go see the kids last week because of no. the old storm. Because all the oh. trains were cancelled and delayed and whatnot. And it was either I could get there, but then do I risk not being able to get back or the wind blowing the train off the tracks because of all these warnings? I was like, let's play it safe and sorry. Do you, know, do you know what the storm was like in Cardiff? It was like... Whew. Considering you had the highest warning. Yeah, we, we had... I think the tree blew slightly. A crane moved a little bit. And that was about it. It's nuts. Like, it wasn't that bad. It was it's been blowy as fuck here. Like, the wind has been nuts. But it's been, not been that bad. And then I was like, saw the news earlier. It was like, 33,000 people without power. I was like, why? <laughs> Where? What do you mean, what do you mean Why? <laughs> It's like fat, hundreds of people have to evacuate their homes because of and all this stuff. Is like, it's just a bit of wind. Do you know what I find How really mental? It? It's just they say all this, like people evacuate powers out, and you go, really? Because I don't know where that is. Why has it never happened to us? <laughs> I know, right? I mean? It's like, oh, homes being flooded. Are they? Like, <laughs> where? Oh, like, and, and some town you've never heard of in like a really random area of the country. It's like no one on my like Facebook friends list or anything like that I've heard have said that they've had problems because of this storm. It's been like a bit blowy out in it. It's like I've seen videos on TikTok of people's fucking sheds going over the fence and everything. I'm like, where is this happening? Somebody lost a bin. Yeah, <laughs> food bin as well. A little brown fella, bless him. Full oh. off. I don't know. That's a good point. The lid on my recycling bin did blow up. Oh dear! It just opened. And I had to go outside and close it again. Oh, the devastation. There was uh, at work one of the big wheelie bins spun around and I was like, Jesus Christ, it's hell out there today. <laughs> I know, chaos. I feel bad taking a piss because there's probably some people listening to this going, you have no idea what I've been through this fucking week. I, I doubt it, but carry <laughs> probably on. Probably not. <laughs> it's not on, we know. <laughs> but yeah, other, other than that, um, what I've done really, I watched the final episode of Peacemaker, and I will say it's possibly my favourite series of TV show ever. Yeah, it's... so everyone's been going about this dance. Is that the intro or something? The intro is superb. It's just the most bizarre dance, and they all do it with a complete straight face. Like it's all like this stuff, arms in the air, waving, nothing like deadpan face. And seeing John Cena do that dance is just fantastic. I bet he made it up. Um, it was oh, I found out who choreographed it because I emailed them to try and get him to come on the show. I bet it was his idea. <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me. You put him and James Gunn put it together. But... You emailed a choreographer for did who did one dance to come on the no, show. No, famous choreographer. They'd done loads oh, okay. of stuff, but they did that. So I was like, ooh. They've got a really famous husband and his name is completely escaping me. So you can edit in later. Yeah. Uh, uh, Alan Tudyk. There we go. Got it. 
yeah. his wife. There you go. There you go. But no, honestly, it must be my new favourite series of a TV show ever. It's hilarious action. The greatest intro theme and video I've ever seen in my life. It's just, the cameos, the references. It is, I can't recommend that show enough. It's so, so good. Yeah, it's one of those things I've never watched, though. Oh, I don't know. I think, should, I think you should. I think you should. I probably won't. Oh, no, no. Not, not, I'm not trying to be an asshole about it. I just generally won't get around to it because I go, yeah, I'll watch that, and I'll completely forget all about it. So I'm the same. I've got so many programs to catch up on, but every so time I'm like, now. let's binge watch this program that came out years ago instead. Speaking of which, I'm on season four of Daredevil, currently in the Ghost Rider stuff and the Dark Hole stuff. It's good. Ace of Shield. Ed, what did I say? Daredevil. Why did I say Daredevil? I don't fucking know. I don't fucking. <laughs> I watched that ages ago. Agents of Shield, yes, Agents of Shield. I have no idea why it's a Daredevil. Yes, season four is insane. Yeah, so good. And uh, yesterday I finished my last shift for three weeks, baby. Hey, Jamie, can you do me a massive favour and can you fuck off? (laughs) (laughs) No, you're entitled to deserve it. I was only joking. No, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a good week this week. The wife's birthday surprise that she knows absolutely diddly squat about it. And then we're going to Weymouth for a wedding on the weekend. And it's going to be some good fun. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, how about you? What have you been up to? Tres excelente. I hope you have an absolutely wonderful time. And I hope she has a great birthday and a wonderful time herself. Not that, again, that she'll ever listen to this. No. So, myself. Okay. What have I been doing? Okay. I've been reanimating. Of course. Um, I've been reanimating. <laughs> I had a feeling this is where this is going. What else have I been doing myself? Oh, yeah, I've been reanimating. How many days? Uh, I'm actually off tomorrow. So I've just done four days, but I'm doing six days this week. So tomorrow is my only day off. And I was like, "What? What's going on?" They're like, "Oh, you did ask for overtime." I was like, "Oh yeah, I did." <laughs> Oh, I forgot all about that. Yeah, I did ask for overtime. Oh, well, my own fault. But then, rolling in the money. I Is can't wait. Safe? Pay for New York. So, you know, quite excited about that. Um, I'll tell you what happened, dude, Jamie. What did happen, dear Jamie? Me and the other half have been looking for somewhere to live together. Ooh. It's been a little bit stressful uh, because there's so many hoops you have to jump through now, so many references you have to give and payments here and people to talk to there. And because of COVID, no one's on the phone anymore and... It's just, it's just absolutely batshit. Um, but unfortunately, the flat we did find fell through today, so that oh, has, what? that's put a bit of a of a hankering on us. But then again, I'm thinking, but that's obviously for a good reason, because there's no parking where we wanted to go, but we've now found somewhere in the same area a lot nicer, and there might be parking there. So you know, oh, everything go. always works out for the best, Jamie. Um, so yeah, it's just been a lot of that really. Just been spending a lot of time to, with the other half. Um, we were been watching Trigger Point on ITV. Can't recommend that's the new uh, Vicky McHale TV series on ITV. Okay, She's a bomb disposal expert. It's fucking amazing. Um, really good show. We've been watching that. We started watching um, the one on BBC with Martin and um, Martin Allen Freeman. Martin Freeman. Who's Martin Allen? I have no idea. Probably a football manager or something. Maybe yeah, Martin Freeman. Where is it? Where is it? It's a scouse. Uh, the responder. That was it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's all right. My mum was like, "Oh my god, it's amazing! It's so gritty and it's really like." But scouse accent annoys the hell out of me. 
<laughs> and it's really hard to like engage with it. So we've kind of put that on hold a little bit. Uh, still watching 24. Almost in this five say, how much you got left of that now? You've been going for quite a while. End of season five coming up. So we've got four seasons to go. There's nine seasons. Yeah, you. there is. And I haven't seen nine. So oh, there you go. yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Isn't there a movie as well? There is, but it's after season five to six, I think. Oh, okay. Six to seven. Well, you're going to find that if you're going to watch it in chronological order. It's got Robert Carlyle in it. I'm pretty sure it's six. It's 24 Redemption. I'm pretty sure it's six to seven, if I can remember rightly. Um, so we're going to watch, we will be watching that at the moment. So watching that at the moment, um, I don't think, I think that's it. We haven't been to the cinema. We're planning on going to the cinema two or three times in the next couple of days days week week the next week um we had an amazing interview last thursday we did great interview i looking forward to releasing that next week um and the interviews are but are flying in now so it's absolutely <laughs> incredible like i'm loving that absolutely loving that um other than that man like to think about it i there's not really uh, nfl's finished now so um i did a bit of reading but did a bit of reading um, but I was going to say you bought about fifteen books, so it's about it's a good job you started. Yeah, doing. yeah, tell me about it. I bought, <laughs> I bought more. I bought like three Harlan Coburn and a Chris Carter. And okay. got, oh, it's nuts! I got a bit carried away by and then didn't actually start reading. Um, <laughs> yeah, crazy. But they're like two quid each because World of Books is absolutely amazing. If you've never heard of it, I actually went and look on there. If you mentioned oh. it last time we were on the show, yes, yeah, got some good stuff on there. I was it's like, great. Ooh. It's a great website. Um, but to be honest with you, Jamie, other than that, it's just been a lot of brennering more than anything else. Um, I haven't done any more of my exams. I should really should. Uh, there's not really a whole lot going on at the moment, just looking to looking to get a place together. Nothing wrong with having a quiet week, my friend. Nothing wrong with having a I quiet week. I agree. I agree. Well, now we're caught up. Shall we uh, catch up with uh, Mr. Braden Barry? Call in, stay cosy. Hey, Jamie, do you like being cosy? I do. And do you like staying cosy? I like that even more. Then just heading over to www.staycosyclothing.com where you can find hoodies, tees, sweaters, and much, much more. And just enter The Chronicles as one word at checkout to receive 10% off your order. And make sure you follow them on the Instagram at Stay Cozy Clothing to keep up to date with all the new designs. Remember, guys, that's The Chronicles as one word at checkout to receive 10% off your order. And now back to this week's episode. And uh, we do have to say a massive thank you to Mr. Stay Cozy, MrStayCozy.com, Clothing.com, rather, because we are now featured on their website, which is lovely to see. Thank you so much, Braden. We appreciate it so much. <clears throat> if you go to www.staycoastclothing.com, enter your little chronicles at checkout for your 10% off. And you can also go, down, go onto the pe- onto the drop down partners and know you'll see your boys. We are finally on the website. It's absolutely amazing. It gives us wonderful free merchandise like this. So please go to www.staycoastclothing.com, enter the, the chronicles at checkout to receive 10% off your order. Yeah. Hey, Jamie. Hello. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. I'm strapping in, baby. It's time for Callum Street Chains. Do you want to know something? 
Callum will be able to tell you in Callum's teachings. It's cereal soup. Ooh. <sighs> Callum is back again. Yes. With three glorious teachings for all of us to enjoy right here, right now, here on the Chronicles of Podcast. We do not deserve this human. Jamie. Hello. What is Callum treating us? This week. Every picture of you is technically just a picture of you from when you were younger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's funny and it's deep. And it's cool. really, that's like mind-blowing. It. Yeah, it's always going to be in the past. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> what are you doing to me, Cal? That's a bit of a mind fuck, isn't it? I know. Tell me. My brain just went, oh. You uh, can literally uh, take a picture, turn around and go, this is an old picture of me. Yeah, <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> I'm just going to start using that technique from now on. That is a technique I'm using from now on every single time I take a photo. Let me see a picture when you were younger. Okay. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Phenomenal. I like That's that. A, That's good. That, I like that, that is a nice, juicy, and very strong start to the tree chains. Like I like that. We're going to leave that as is. I don't want, I don't want to take the piss. I love it. I absolutely love it. Jamie. Hello. What else is Callum treating us this week? People who solely communicate via sign language are much less likely to get targeted ads from a conversation they had a few weeks ago. Still days. find a way. You fucking know they will. Surely it'll go off their Google search, won't it? <laughs> yeah, they'll find oh, a way. That is brilliant. Oh, it's so brilliant. Could you imagine a world without recommended ads? Oh, oh it'd be beautiful, wouldn't it? Does it's nothing. I mean, it, it's because obviously now you've said Peacemaker. Yeah. I imagine I'll probably get adverts for Peacemaker now. <laughs> DC Comics Peacemaker just like do you hear that Zuckerberg do you hear that he just said Peacemaker well I've got another one I've got another one for Peacemaker another one put it on the tally chart get it on the charts oh mine are always stuff that I've already dealt with like obviously me and the wife are going away for a birthday so I booked a hotel sorted next thing I know next I go go on Facebook hey book a hotel with us I've just booked one I don't need you (laughs) fuck off You're not helping me. You're just in the way. Go away. Jack, we can lure him into a bit of extra. Have, have three, four rooms, Jamie. Go nuts. Would you like another room just in case she pisses you off? No, fuck <laughs> off. Have you seen uh, the dungeon range? <laughs> <laughs> There's small, medium and large, but it comes with extra sex toys. <laughs> so, you've booked a normal hotel. How about a kinky hotel? Yeah. Uh, it's oh, her you, birthday after all. You thought you thought your <laughs> wife was going to be with you. You thought wrong. <laughs> I'll be there, Jamie. Don't you worry. <laughs> oh, with your placing that suggested ad. Now it makes sense. Sex dungeon. That's one for sex dungeons. <laughs> <laughs> sex swing, get that on there as well. <laughs> Do I reckon, right? Now, after we've after we've done this, we'll have a look and see if we get sex swings, sex dungeons, hotels, or peacemaker. All right, I'll be amazed if we don't get something like that. Now. 
<laughs> and Jamie, finally, what is Callum Trichiners this week? Here's a little challenge for the two of you. So the human brain is unable to think in negatives. And to test that out, I'm going to ask the two of you to not think of an elephant. And I guarantee you both thought of an elephant. I did you just told said the word elephant motherfucker I just went, went don't think of an elephant cool that's a nice elephant right there <laughs> bastard did you actually picture an elephant as well in your head was it yeah. just me yeah okay, it's not just me then. just some big fucker enjoying himself down the Sahara <laughs> Savannah even not Sahara dickhead wherever he is beams of an S in the Savannah <laughs> and for some reason it was just like walking like the on the planet Fall <laughs> into the sun. There's more to be seen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was beautiful. Because there's really always the that. videos of the little baby elephants was falling over yeah. all the time. Like, oh, look at him! Can't walk. Bless it. Because <laughs> it's incapable of actually moving <laughs> at all. <laughs> I'd love to play the baby elephant though. I bet they're so much fun. I know, right? At the same time, you like, probably shouldn't be interacting with these animals. It's, it's one of those weird ones, isn't it? It's like that whole Tiger King thing. They're like, here they are, playing with the baby tigers. It's so wrong. And then in my head's, I'm thinking, I quite like to play with a baby tiger. They're quite cute. Just, just to say you stroke one, well, I, I yeah. don't know, it's weird, isn't it? <laughs> we as humans are fucking weird people. We really are. Very weird people. But we still, really another absolutely unbelievable set of treatments, as fucking always from the man himself. Callum, thank you so much. We we just adore you. Really. Just out of interest, dear listeners, I know none of you are going to reply to me because you never do, but I'm going to say it anyway. Did all of you not think of an elephant as well? Or did you manage to trick Mr. Treacher? I doubt it. No one can out-treach out the treacher. Jamie. Hello. It's time for Tom's Journal. Oh, read from it. And welcome to another edition of Tom's Journal. So, there are a few... Ah, I just remembered why we started talking about jackets and make you go fast. So, yeah. Okay. still. Luke would jump off a slide like Superman with a carrier bag around his arms. That sounds frightfully dangerous. <laughs> right, let's get into the journal. So, Jamie. Hello. Conversation between you and Netflix. Netflix, sh- should I play this movie? Me? No, 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 no. I'm just looking at it for a second. Netflix, I'll put it on. Me? No, no, no. I'm just literally reading what it is. It's playing. I hate it when it does that. It's fucking annoying. I'm not going to lie to you, Jamie. I was really sonrapid of that one. <laughs> so. <laughs> You'd always be sonrapid of the thing. Always be sonrapid every time. Sonrapid. All right. Remember, dear listeners, always be sonrapid of everything you can achieve in life. Especially <laughs> watching Scene of the Dead. Anyway. <laughs> One of the darkest (laughs) moments in history, Jamie, right here, right now. One of the darkest moments, okay? This calls for my favourite joke of all time. Lawyer. So it says here, Mickey, that you want to divorce Minnie because she was extremely silly. 
Mickey, no, I said she was fucking goofy. Oh, poor Mickey. I thought it was great. Oh, hi, everybody. I'm getting a divorce. Um, <laughs> but will the mouse take Timothy Rose's house? Go check out the Chronicles of Timothy Rose to find out. <laughs> that is one of my forever favourite quotes from ever any of these interviews. What the a mouse, great guy. The mouse, mouse may take my house for this. The mouse, the fucking mouse may take my house, mate. What's going on there? <laughs> yeah, wait a bit, Scottish. Okay. This I found really funny because of how fucking random it is. So, I am a real man. I use terms like beta and alpha because I am a wolf. And my boys are my wolf pack. Lame. I sleep outside and howl at the moon. My family has excommunicated me because I ate bear meat and now I have trichinosis. Please call an ambulance. It's meant to be one of them self-help things where you're like, I am this. Amazing. Yeah. I got it, but just, what? I just thought it was fucking hilarious. <laughs> By the way, can I just say, Stranger Things season four is out in August. Yeah, uh, May, sorry. Can't fucking wait. Really fucking excited for that little bad boy. Have you seen the report about Ikea? No. Ikea have confessed that their meatballs are made out of people that can't find the exit. <laughs> Wouldn't fucking surprise me. I bet there's a ton I, of them. Totally. Oh, 100%. There's got to be a lot of them. Oh, then my key worker's like, Dave, we've, we've got another one. <laughs> Get my saw. <laughs> Half of them are the dads that hide in the wardrobes to jump out of their kids and never get found again. <laughs> oh, I'm about to really make you sick. You thought oh, you just God. had a headache. Oh, no. So... My great-grandma started giggling at a barbecue. And I was like, what's so funny? She said, everyone's here. Everyone here is alive because I got laid. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that reminds me of the Russell Howard bit in the hot tub with his family. Is that with the dog in there as well? Yeah. I can't remember the joke. He's like in a hot tub with his mom, his dad, and his siblings. And oh, the yeah. Dog, and the mom, the mom says, everyone here has been in and out, in or out, my fanny. And everyone just looks at the dog. Oh, <laughs> my favourite Russell Howard joke <laughs> is when he talks about his brother, runs into Anne Summers and just goes, <laughs> and ran out. <laughs> He is, I need to see him live. He's one of the people I need to see live. I fucking love Russell I'd love to see Russell Howard live, yeah. So, we keep going. We do. Um, just a quick question. A nice little scientific experiment here, I feel. Okay. Have we checked all food to see if it explodes, uh, if it explodes and makes them into something better, or did we just stop with corn? That's a fucking good point. Yeah, let's start putting the core sausage bangers. Let's find out if they actually oh, are. Yes. Oh, what else can we set on fire and see if it makes better food? Said it's similar for bread, though. They're like, do you know what? Make this bread better. Cooked it longer. Crispy toast. 
I don't know if I like, how do you like your toast? I like it like, you know, it's it's still a bit bready in parts, but it's gone like light brown. I, I can't be dealing with this black shit. No, 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 I can't, I can't have burnt toast. I want them wankers that'll get a knife and like a... <laughs> 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 I've been here for 84 years. <laughs> the wife's like that though, so if it goes slightly past what she wants, she's like, you're having that piece. Like, Fuck off. <laughs> really? It's got to be done to a certain level if it's anything over. Oh, it's like, no, nope, you can have that one. I'm not so, having that one. Yes, your majesty. This isn't approved by the Becky Toast Standards Committee. <laughs> be gone. Uh, this, this one is specifically for you, and I can't wait for your reaction. Oh, God. So do you think Chewbacca has pecs or a trail <laughs> of tiny teats like a piglet? <laughs> Uber, oh, dri- a- Uber driver. Why just sit in the front? (laughs) (laughs) It's more than likely the first, but I really want it to be the second. Dracula's got tiny little tits under his all his fur. He's got to win. He's got to be. They're just too. They're just too manly and. And That's why there's something wrong with him. That's why he makes that noise all the time because someone's sucking on him. (laughs) (laughs) Tweets and (laughs) teeth. No, it's just like massively hench. <laughs> Fucking hench Chewbacca. <laughs> it's like Hulk. Is it Hulk? And he punches and he fucking flies. It's actually yeah, it's with Thor. Hulk it? and yeah. Thor, yeah. Just got and this fi- horrible image in my head with Chewbacca with loads of teats. Just... <laughs> and finally, Jamie. <sighs> I came home and my dog peed a little because he was so happy to see me. None of my friends pee when they see me. I'm surrounded by fakes. (laughs) 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 I'm going to be really disappointed now if you don't piss yourself when I see you next. Um, Mate, I mean, I said it, so technically it's got to be you. Oh, I suppose. No, make, or maybe, make, maybe it's both of us. I'll make sure I've got a full bladder. <laughs> it's a, I can't remember what movie it is where it's like, I can get the mouth up, like, eh, it's like, it's like pissing everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Close your mouth. <laughs> and that <laughs> was another edition of Tom's Journal. Oh, beautiful. Just so, beautiful. before we go and get that piece from over there that I'm going to have to drag the fuck in. Should we hear from our friends at Audio Drama Feed? I think we definitely should hear from our friends at Audio Drama Feed. Hey there, I'm Frank Guglielmelli, and I'm the narrator for the Audio Drama Feed, featuring such audio dramas as Bounty Hunters, Marty and Mars, Val Toby, and so much more. You can find all of these wonderful programs on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts, or you can go to our website at www.audiodramafeed.com. We are thrilled to be affiliated with the Chronicles of Podcast with Tom and Jamie. Val Toby Season 2 in the works. I think we're still waiting on a few lines to be done. Mine are completed. Uh, we're just waiting for it to be finished, and then we'll start releasing it. And it looks like <laughs> Mr. Jamie Westwood's going to be joining the team. Oh, there is. The, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. You get to hear my dulcets. Please go and check out Audio Drama Feed wherever you get podcasts or audiobooks from. So let me just just drag this bad boy in. 
Oh, Jesus Christ, it's a big piece this week. It's a big piece. Here's a piece of resistance. Welcome to the Chronicles of Amber Hollinger. Amber is a supervising director. She's a storyboard animator. She is a storyteller. She is a wonderful human. And we had so much fun talking to her. So I'm so excited to release this grand magnifique of an interview, Jamie. Ooh, grand magnifique. With the Italian hands. Well, you couldn't have made this sound more beautiful if you tried. It's a good job. It is a damn beautiful interview. I absolutely had so much fun talking to Amber. Amber, as Tom just said, is a storyboard artist. She's now a supervising director. She's worked on so many incredible projects for companies like Disney, Nickelodeon, Warner Brothers, 21st Century Fox. It's incredible, including one of the most underrated Disney movies of all time, Lion King 1.5. I love that damn movie. So I meant to ask about that. I, did, I didn't get the, I didn't ask, I should have done, about why it's a half, one and a half. It's just, it's, it's, it's the first movie told again, but from the point of view of Timon and Pumba. Really? Yeah, it's fucking brilliant. Oh, see, I've sold you on it now, I'll don't I? Yeah. That, that's tonight, saw it. <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely brilliant. I'll be watching that after this recording. Um, yeah, she's worked on so many things, so many dis like, uh, I mean, Bambi 2's in there, 102 Dalmatians. Um, I'm pretty sure the Sword and the Stone 2's in there. Like, she has done loads, and she's currently working on anime. She's got an anime called Stillwater on Crunchyroll, which, if you watch the YouTube, we'll see some animations from an episode of Stillwater that has already been shown. And she goes through how she does things, how she draws things, how she animates. It's absolutely unbelievable. It's fascinating. You don't realise just how much work and detail goes into these storyboards. It's fascinating. Not just to talk to someone lovely like Amber, but to find out more about the craft that they do. It's fascinating. I, I love this one so much. It is good. And it was conducted on Super Bowl Sunday. And Amber lives in LA where the Super Bowl was held. So uh, it was a pretty crazy, crazy time. So she's like, yeah, I'm going to talk to you guys. It's fine. I've got a party later, but, you know, we can we can sit down and hash things out right here, right now. Um, and she's just, it's just a wonderful conversation. Really, really lovely human. And uh, I'm very excited to release this one, Jamie, if I'm honest. Same. And I'm very excited to see what Amber's working on in the future, which you will find out all about in this here episode. Absolutely. Jamie! Any... Final words? You know what I'm going to say? I say the same every week. Thank you so much, Amber, for doing this. We had a whale of a time talking to you. So much fun. Just, yeah, thank you so much. And hopefully we can do this again one day because, yeah, brilliant. So much. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, interviewing this week. She is a storyboard animator for companies such as Disney, 20th Century Fox, and Nickelodeon. She is currently a supervising director and working on some shows with the mighty Dan Povenmire. It's Amber Hollinger. Oh, wow. Oh, it's a fake background. I was like, my God, you're part of Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you hear us, Amber? So nice to meet you guys. And you. How's it going? It's great. It's Are you good. well? It's Sunday. How are you feeling? Much better. Thank you. That was, that was a whole thing. They weren't kidding. Like that's, I don't think I had Omnicrom. I think I had OG COVID because Omnicrom is supposed to be like a cold. Yeah. No. No, this was... 
this was something of like other level, like demon kind of inspired. <laughs> Didn't like it. I don't I don't recommend it. Who'd you pissed off? Anyone? That says- <laughs> I piss off is what the- <laughs> <laughs> Tom, well-behaved women rarely make history. That is, that is, that. Re- yeah, that is, I think we can leave it at that, can't we? Nice <laughs> talking, you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm glad we could finally pin you down. It's good that we could uh, get a date arranged and whatnot. And we can, uh, we can finally sit down and chat. It's going to be a wonderful hour and a bit of just excellent storytelling, I think. That's great. I'm excited. Thank you guys for being patient. I love hopping on with, with new creative people and, and just kind of join. I think it's great. Oh, we massively appreciate okay, it. Tell me a little bit about you guys. Since you're strangers, I want to know a little bit about you. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I live in Cardiff, Wales. Um, I just let Jamie was the one that asked me. To, I've never done this in my life. When I was a kid, I just wanted to be a presenter when I was younger. I thought it would sort of be a great idea. They never did. Jamie had his own little podcast on his own and then was like, fancy doing one with me? And now here we are. Here we are, two years later. Two years later, yeah. Nice. I just started my own podcast last year. It was something that I was really interested in too. Just wanted to see what it was all about. So I get it. I'm like a fledgling podcaster myself. What's it called? You guys have it a little more nailed down. You look a lot more profesh than I do. Maybe I stick to animation for my... Why is it just because of these? (laughs) Like in your website and everything, we don't have anything like that. <laughs> oh. You're too kind, Nabla, too kind. But everyone's got to start somewhere, as they say. What do you guys do in your day jobs? Like I, work at a, I work at a hospital. I'm not a doctor or anything. I'm just a, por- I'm just a porter. I move people around. So I'm not clever enough to be a doctor. <laughs> I'm not clever enough to be a criminal. <laughs> Um, I work for I work for Specsavers. I work in optics. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, nice. it's good. It's good fun. Never thought I'd ever breach that sort okay. of uh, industry. Both of you spectacled. <laughs> I mean, are you saying Jamie and you're just wearing it for Tom? No, that's me. very much. <laughs> it's me that's wearing fake ones. <laughs> Is that to look like so smarter? <laughs> no, it's just it's just because. I got them free and I was like, well, because I'm working with glasses, so I'll have them. Cheers. That's fine. That'll do me. I like it. And you both have like a good beard game going on. I support that 100%. Oh, well, thank you. Well, you've got a good hair game going on, Amber, so. Thank you. <laughs> Tom, Tom supports good hair. Like the, for like the Daryl Hannah Mermaid thing, if I can get it there. No, I like it good a lot. Reference. It's good. Like yeah. Great reference again. Um, so basically, Amber, all we do here is we uh, will, Jamie does a nice little, beautiful little introduction to like bring us all in. And then we absolutely bombard the living fuck out of you with questions. All right. Sweet. Okay. I'll try you. Like you, I, I, so you're going to machine gun me with questions. Yeah. That's it. Pretty, pretty much. That's pretty much how it goes. I'll do the best I can. I'll do the best I can. I'm not ready at all, but we'll see what happens. Are you sure? <laughs> I mean, we, can, we can hang on for five if you want. We could just sit here and chat some more. <laughs> All the you questions are about you. You hadn't told me, like, you could have just kept, we just could have kept chatting. You could have asked me questions organically and I never would have known. That's you a fair point, actually, true. yeah. It's just, it's just because, I don't know why, we like to do little intros that just, like, bring people in, sort of, I don't know, it's just how we do things. So I apologise if I've thrown you off a little bit there. Lull them into a false sense of security, that's all it is. That's all it is. 
Right, let me do my little intro and we'll get going. Your thing, your thing. Ladies and gentlemen, today we welcome into the chateau a guest unlike anyone we have had before. Today's guest is an animation storyboard artist and director who has worked for companies like Nickelodeon, Warner Brothers, 20th Century Fox and Disney, including working on one of my favourite Disney movies and the incredibly underrated Lion King 1.5. Today, we welcome the incredibly talented Peabody Award winner, Amber Hollinger. Hey! Hey! We finally nice got here. Today. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Thanks for coming out. on. Yeah, so thanks for especially on Super Bowl Sunday. So thank you very much for that. Thank you. I got no horse in the race, really. No dog in the game, per se. I'm a tepid Rams fan because I live in LA. I have to stay true to LA, right? Kings, Dodgers, Lakers, Rams. See, I'm a Steelers fan, so I hope the Rams go and absolutely annihilate the Bengals tonight. I'm quite excited for it. I do like a good underdog story, and I and I recall back in the '80s how exciting it was the last time that they were in Super Bowl territory, and they had all the personalities of Super Bowl shuffle. I love that. So that's some affection for the Bengals. There's no hate going on there. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, because obviously, like, oh, Joe Burrow t- tore his ACL last season. Now he's back, and he's got him away to the Super Bowl. It's the first time since 1980, whatever. Hooray! But no, I want LA to just go and absolutely trample them. <laughs> All I know is I'm staying out of downtown LA, just staying out of it. I bet it's mental down there, isn't it? Because obviously the Super Bowl is in LA as well, so that must be insane. Yeah, like during the pre-party down in Santa Monica, like all day pre-tailgating, I'm like, oh, that's okay. Okay, no thanks. No thanks. (laughs) I I don't know. I like my throat just without a knife in it. (laughs) So. Good. Good. Yeah. Who'd, who'd have thought? <laughs> so uh amber anyway we're here to talk about yourself so first and foremost how was your pandemic season how was the last couple of years for you you know sadly for somebody who works <laughs> who works in film at least in animation i felt so bad for my live action counterparts who who were struggling trying to keep things going and crews trying to staff animation just rocked the crap out of everything we found ways to almost seamlessly within two weeks fully move our production to remote operations and I've launched two or three three productions now completely from home wow wow everybody the entire crew there's been three crews that I've never met them in person that's that's nuts yeah it's really really weird and so someone like me spends most of their time like no joking, 15 hours a day in your office, six days a week or on set or in the studio or whatever it is. That's how much time I work, like it's how many hours I put in. So it's like almost the same for me because I'm just stuck in a cave for 15 hours yeah. and then occasionally go outside. So it was, um, it sucks not to be in that creative space with people in a studio. There's just something from, being around filmmaking is such a collaborative process, being around other artists and seeing their process and the brainstorming. It takes a lot more organization to do it remotely, but I can't complain. I've been able to have consistent job without any time off for a long time. So everyone stays safe and healthy and everyone's okay. Well, you know, a lot of people have gotten COVID and personally, I only know 
two people that have passed from it that were a little older with some pre-existing conditions, but for the most part, it's really, really fortunate if to just count the silver lining. I'm a very much a glass half full kind of person. I'm sorry for the loss of that, but yeah, sorry for the loss. That's okay. It happens. Love. Good Sometimes I wish it was. So, so take us back to when you were young, little Miss Hollinger. What were your career plans growing up? Did it always involve art or something on the lines, or was it something completely different? No, I'm one of those people that knew from the time I was five that I wanted to draw and make film. I was doing, I didn't know what it was that I was doing, but I would draw little boxes when I was five and put stories in them. I didn't know that was storyboarding, but that's something I just naturally did. I am not, um, I have no formal education. I have a high school diploma and I just learned everything on my own from the ground up. And I took it upon myself to educate myself. (laughs) That's incredible. This this makes the story more like unreal. That you literally taught yourself everything and now you're a director. In, oh, Amber, I'm just going to, just, just bear with me a moment. Oh, that's just, that's nice. That's <laughs> nice. <laughs> I've, I've always said maybe like the tiniest chip on my shoulder of something to prove. Um, I did, I went to one year of Cal Arts, which is a school for animation, but I was 17 and I didn't have money to continue. So I dropped out and kind of hoofed it on the pavement until I got a job at 18. And I've been working professionally in animation since I was 18. So I just took that opportunity to learn anything anyone would teach me and work hard. I'm not afraid of hard work. I put in the time, want to get better. I want to know everything. Like I want to know, I want to know what you do. And I want to know what you do. And I want to know what you do. And I want to know how this all goes together. And then I also want to know Oh, I want to know about the writing and how that happened. So I studied screenwriting and story structure to understand that, like the writer side. And then I'm like, oh, I really am, I want to know the production side and not just the art side. So I wanted to study the business side of it and, you know, contracts and acquisitions and partnerships and umbrella companies. Like I wanted to understand how it all, how it all worked as a whole. I just, I wanted to absorb the whole thing. Like I, like an obnoxious sponge. <laughs> like the opposite of SpongeBob, who's like charming. And I was like. <laughs> That's amazing. But where did that love of art come from that made you want to make a career out of it? Yeah, I can't tell you. It's kind of just born, it was hardwired into me that there was, I couldn't do a nine to five job. I just knew that I had all this stuff in me, all this like, I have, um, I have anxiety and I have OCD and I have a lot of things that artists have that your brain works a different way. And it's, there's a reason they call it a tortured artist because you're trapped in your head a lot. And so it's almost like your own mental therapy to take what's up here and get it out. It's your way of expressing if you don't feel like you have a voice. It's your way of outputting energy if it's like locked up. So it's just, it was just hardwired in. Didn't seem like there was anything else I could do. I love love that. I I really, like, I'm only good at a few things and everything else is like, eh, it's a toss up. Like I'm good at being a good filmmaker, good artist, and I'm good at being a mom. And that's kind of, I'm a good friend, being four things. 
it's all you need. But the fact you've managed to make a career and make a living out of the one of the four things, as you say, or two now, that's amazing. That is awesome. You've managed to find that thing and you should like roll in with it. That's my career sorted. I do love it too. I mean, I can tell you I've been doing it for so, so long. It's been more life of more of my life than it has not been. And I never lose passion for it. I just am excited every day to go in there. I'm a problem solver. I love puzzle piecing together. I like a challenge. Somebody says we can't do that. I'm like, mm, I guess you can buy it. <laughs> it must be like unbelievable then to see it all come to life so you draw you know to see what you've drawn and what you've animated and it comes up on the big screen like i've done this this is un- this is an incredible piece of storytelling it is it is really a weird thing and sometimes what you see on what you see on your screen in front of you is not representative of what makes it yeah to the screen like somehow like the the color and the the cleanup of the drawing you're like oh that doesn't gosh I liked my actual storyboard or you know whatever it was better than that and then sometimes the actual finished product just really represents what you've done and then that's super super exciting but it's um it is weird to see your name up in credits on things because um me personally I'm a fairly private person with my art like I was one of those kids like if I was drawing I didn't want you to look over my shoulder like this is a piece of my soul thank you very much that I'm putting down on this paper and it's just none of your goddamn business but then you're like oh I guess I have to I have to show it to other people if I'm going to put it in a movie so yeah (laughs) get over that a little (laughs) so for those who are unaware what exactly is a storyboard and the job of a storyboard artist So a story artist originally goes back to Disney concepts from the nine old men where story artists are called story artists because they're part of the writing process. They have to know story. They have to know how to fix it. They have to be able to think of your whole project from start to finish and how one part of it is going to affect another part of it. So storyboard artists jobs in essence are to take a script if it's a scripted property And they'll usually get a couple of pages or a section and it's their job to take these words on paper and figure out how to translate it to the audience so that they're they're understanding. So it's really, it's filmmaking, basically. You have to come up with the shots yourself. You have to think about, all right, what is the most important thing that our audience needs to know in the scene and how do I want them to feel? So... Mm. Is it, you know, if it's, a, if it's a comedy, you're going to shoot it different, have a different shot selection than you would a horror movie or a drama. So there's so many things that go in to play. And if we do our job right, you're going to feel the way that we want you to feel. And more if you've ever, I'm sure you have, gone to the movie or watched a television show and thought, I, I should have liked that. I should have felt something in that moment. And I didn't. Like, I should have liked this. It's such a good idea. And that is probably the fault of the director. You know, that they're just, they picked a way to tell the story that wasn't impactful to you. They either didn't pace it right or they didn't choose the right shots to get you to feel that thing. So that's kind of what storyboard artists do. And then like directors take those storyboards and then go over them and change them and shuffle them around and make notes on them and 
hand them back out and edit them and trim them. It's really cool. It's so much fun. So do you just decide like who looks like what and who's wearing what and that sort of thing? Or is that already given to you? Is it like, this is what I want to look like, put in this story sort of thing? Depends. Most are like a production will have character designers and you'll talk with the show creator and you'll talk with the designers and everyone will have an idea of what they want this character to look like. Some shows are more flexible. They have their main characters designed, but they give you the board and there's a new character in there. And then you kind of sketch out, you figure out what that character looks like. And then the character designer will finish it off. Same thing with backgrounds. We have background artists, but sometimes we don't have all the backgrounds we need for a show. So it's up to us to do location scouting and find those locations and create them. And then they turn into the final product. So you the board artist, board artist, you have to know care, you have to know characters, layout, acting, filmmaking. It's really like lighting, composition. You know, like if you, if I, if I like look at this background around me. So say I am a board artist and you give me this background. Yeah. Well, I have to act an entire scene in this background. Is my background always going to be like that? No, it's just, that's just for information. So in my head, I have to take that picture, make a set in my head and be able to move up, down, around, right, left. I have to picture what that will look like because I have to draw that and translate however I'm going to need my action on screen. So I could be a fly up on the wall looking down, but I'd have to know what that looks like based on just that picture alone. So you have to, like, there's a lot of have like knowledge of how to turn objects in real space. That's incredible. Nuts. I could just, I could see it being like, I don't have the sofa there, let's move the sofa. Uh, who would put a sofa in that corner? <laughs> I mean, I'm obnoxious. I will walk into any new space and just take pictures. Like, like I'll shoot the room when I walk into the room. I'll like take that picture, take that picture, take that picture in any room, in any restaurant. Like I'll lay it out in my head and catalog it for later in case I might need it in a piece of film. Nice. That's awesome. So you get, you're taking inspiration from everywhere, I guess, and really. Yes, yes. That's a, that's a true artist, I think, is to just be inspired by life, is to see the potential in a moment, like a feeling. Oh, I love that. Like I capture a feeling like no other, and I'm going to use it someplace. If I laugh really hard one day, I'm going to take that energy and create it into a, a, a thing later. It's super exciting. I'm a highly... A stimulated person <laughs> <laughs> and I love the stimulation that's what feeds me I love so I love traveling because you get to go to other places you get to see uh, topography and and process of other people and how they live and that's so exciting to me that's that's awesome when you look at a storyboard because you you know, it's not the most detailed anime. Like, it doesn't look like the final thing. You don't think so much thought and process yeah. goes into it. It's mad. Second yeah, time. It can, be. it can be. Sometimes your boards look exactly like what's on screen, except they're colored. And then sometimes they're, they're softer sketches of it. How do you know how much detail to put into a storyboard before you've gone like, okay, I've basically just given them an animation cell now. I've put so much detail into it. <laughs> It depends on the property. Sometimes you're going to have 
like a lot of uh, feature films when you're having conversations, your director has told you that there's going to be a set behind that's to be determined, but you have a general idea. And then sometimes you'll just see like Pixar, you'll see lollipop heads talking to each other and no background. Mm. And you're like, oh, oh, that's a feature board. Well, shit, I should be doing features. <laughs> Seems a lot easier. And then sometimes with television, you're, shoot, you're shooting um, and shooting all of these scenes overseas to be finalized. So the information there has to be really specific and detailed because whatever you send is going to be pretty much what you get back in the final project. So really is it is dependent on the property. That's awesome. I love that. So if your IMDB is telling the truth, which I know you sometimes have to take a pinch of salt of people's IMDB. We've learned this in the past. Your earliest work was with Disney. Is, is that how did you manage to land Disney as your earliest jobs? That was luck, I guess. <laughs> yeah, my goal, my goal when I was 10 was to work for Disney. So I did my I boarded my first feature film when I was 21. Oh wow. That's amazing. But I started off at, uh, at Film Roman, which is the house that does The Simpsons or did The Simpsons, because now they are with stars and Fox. And then, um, then moved to Nickelodeon and then moved to Disney. I spent a good almost 10 years, I think, at Disney, about a decade at Disney. I was going to say, because I saw IMDb again, you worked on The Critic with J- as J- Jay Sherman character, because he's I in The Simpsons. Did. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I never worked on The Simpsons. I have a bunch of friends and cool cats that worked on The Simpsons, but I never got to do that. I got to work on the on the critic, which is lesser known for good reasons. No, as so, I said, I saw it and I was like, that char- that character was in The Simpsons. So I don't know, was it was that before The Simpsons or after? Um, you know what? I don't know chronologically, really. When I was okay. 18. I was just happy to have a job. I didn't... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who this old man is, but I'm going to draw him. <laughs> no, I knew he, I knew, um, oh, oh my gosh, John Lovitz. I knew John Lovitz from Saturday Night Live. And, but even as at 18, I was like, Lovitz voiced him, didn't I? Didn't, uh, I didn't understand the appeal of the story. And I think that was the same feeling as the rest of the, the world because ah, it was okay. a very short lived series. I think, uh, that that character is better as a side ca- character instead of a main character because you know he's so unlikable that he's just unlikable. Unlike Homer, who is unlikable but in a charming way, where you still he has enough redemptive qualities where you still like him. And our main character, I don't think, had enough of those qualities to keep him sustainable for a series for people to keep coming back for more. Sorry, I'm sorry, Phil Roman. I love you for giving me my first job. <laughs> <laughs> So a lot, a lot of your Disney work is like sequels and TV series with like already established characters. Like I said, with Lion King 1.5 and one. Is there a pressure going into that sort of work to get that character across right and that feel to go along with that original movie? Because, you know, th- there's already a precedent there. Definitely a pressure. And, you know, like you just know going in that this isn't going to be an Empire Strikes Back. Like, you know that you're, you know, like a sequel is oh, it's never as good as the original and it's going to be highly scrutinized. So you just kind of know that going in. The great thing about it is that instead of working on like I've worked on 100 first seasons of something and there's no template like it's, mm. it's everything is up in the air and you're creating 
the world, your world building and you're building the rules of your universe and there's you're figuring it out as you go. And that's really exciting, but there's something very nice about walking into a world where the rules are already set for you. You know exactly how to play. You know what these who these characters are, you know how they think and what decisions they would make. You have this whole thing that you can reference back to that really informs your decision-making. So you feel a lot more confident going in, like, hey, my character, like, Timon would never do that. Timon would do this. And that is a conversation, like the batshit conversations that happen behind the scenes. And I'm sure live action is the same way to some degree, but probably not. Like, we'll have conversations of, so... If our shark is swimming underwater, like, is he, do we need to explain to the audience that he's not a real shark and that he can talk and he, does he need, how does he breathe underwater or is he an air? Like, these are the silly things that you would think about under, like, when you're doing an animated show. Is our audience going to understand? Yeah, probably. Like, usually the answer is, yeah, probably they'll get it. It's a cartoon, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's crazy. like would Timon make this decision and you're like it is it feels as silly as it sounds it feels very dire stakes in the writer's room or when you're pitching for it's like would Timon really make this decision oh my god can anyone hear us talking can you hear yourself talking it's crazy <laughs> now you've just said that you brought up a good point obviously You've done. You've been given your piece of the script. You've done your storyboard and whatnot. Do you then like send them off, or do you have to sit down with the director and go like, "We're thinking it goes from here to here. This is what happens here." Or do you have to like describe what's happening? Your board should say everything that you want to say. Like you shouldn't like in in features. We we do the we still do pitches where we like either show an animatic or old school. We like pin drawings up on the board and like do a live pitch with them in features. And in television, your board is your board. You said it in front of your director and you shouldn't have, if you have to explain what you mean, then you didn't do a good job and you should go back and reboard that because I should be able to look at your boards and know exactly what you're saying. Like here, um, let me screen share with you. Ooh. Yeah, you can let me know. Yeah, there we go. Can you see my board over here? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Okay, so this was an episode of Stillwater. You know, I don't want this. Oh my goodness, why are you here? There it is, you can see a little bit better. So every opening is kind of a close-up on something that you don't know what it is. And this whole game is about one of our main characters, Carl, being frustrated that he can't play this toy and he doesn't want to let his sister play and he's just super, super frustrated. Um, So this is a little bit later. There's this game and Carl is super frustrated. So this is the level of clean or rough that I used for this board where he's just like, oh, I'm just so sad. And then we open up and we see Addie at the front door. So this is really, really loose. But you can see exactly what is supposed to be coming across here. I want camera view. This is, thank you. There we go. I'm like, why is it jumping all over the place? So you can see like, there's a lot of, like you know exactly how Carl is feeling here. And he's like, I'm not finished Addie. And she's gonna come over and comfort him. 
this is how rough I did this particular board. And you think about the shops, like this is a Japanese-inspired property. So I took Japanese filmmaking in consideration when I picked my shots. These kind of low angles, zen kind of things, like Japanese storytelling is very rooted. They love to, to get you low on the floor and observe something. So that was relative to this particular property. Would I use this for everything? Maybe not. Every every show has its own set of yeah, I love that joke. <laughs> <laughs> has its own set of, of rules. So this one I didn't feel like this is a CG show. So we're gonna have rigged models, like built flesh out models that are 3D. And if I had put more detail in here, it wouldn't have mattered because this is going to be replaced or has been replaced. I can only show you because this has been on the air already. Okay. Um, it wouldn't matter if I put more detail in it because it's being replaced by a CG model. If this were a 2D show, I might want to go back and do a cleanup pass on it because whatever I send over might get lost in translation. And these, these moments were like, this is the end of the show here where the emotion really matters. So I would not want to risk somebody else interpreting this if I was going to put it to 2D, I'd want to get it even more. But it was really important that I boarded this scene myself because I wanted something so specific that I didn't think another artist could, could do even if I told them. You know what I mean? Sometimes you just have something in your head that you want. Yeah, I'm with you. That's amazing. Because like you said, you know, you said to yourself that is a basic story, but you can see everything you're trying to get across in that. Yeah, it's really, really rough. You can see sometimes there's no color. You have to figure out like what shots would be interesting to people. Like there's a million ways. Storyboarding and directing is all about choices and what choices you make. And that it's a that's the game changer. That's the deal breaker of, with your audience. You go into um, storytelling. You've you've made some kind of implied contract with your audience that if you set something up, you're going to pay it off that if you make a rule that you're not going to break it. So you have to respect your relationship and the contract you made with your audience. That's amazing. Is there like a sort of like you'd be able to tell it's an Amber Hollinger drawn storyboard sort of thing? Like do you have your own style or is it very similar to other storyboard artists as well? Every single person draws differently everyone has their own style so like when I've got my when I've got my team I'll know you wouldn't have to tell me who drew it I'll know just everybody has their own little stamp on it sometimes when I show other people like a complete board with a bunch of different people's work in it they can't really tell but artists can tell for sure but yeah my my boards are at least I think that I had a distinctive style that was different from other people that was awesome, by the way. I thoroughly enjoyed it. That was incredible. <laughs> oh, I figured, like, sometimes I'm a visual learner, so, but, like, maybe just easier to show. Absolutely. Absolutely, I'd... yeah. We're the same. Yeah. yeah. So then in that, um, in that program that you saw, there's a place for music and dialogue, so I could build a whole show in this program and edit it, and so further iterations of this would have been edited with dialogue and there's a place where you write the dialogue so that you know exactly what the character's saying at one time most of the time now you are building an animatics you're building like a rough cut of the film that's edited to the pacing that you want that has like scratch tapes or even the voice actors in there so that you can just 
play it and get the idea that that's what your final product is going to look like. That's amazing. Talk, talk about art styles. Like several of the projects you've worked on have their own look and styles. Like Disney has their own look. You've worked on the Lego movie that has its own look. Same with the Postman Pat movie you worked on. How do you adapt to those like different art styles? Because I know a lot of artists have their own style. But obviously when you're drawing Disney, you've got to draw in the Disney style. It's part of being artist you have to learn you have to learn how to every time you work on a new show you have to learn how to draw that world and there's some things like I surprisingly I had interviewed for Spongebob the tv show obviously um twice didn't get the job interviewed for the Spongebob movie got the job like so I definitely I, I figured out that my sensibilities really lean towards cinematic they mean they lead towards live action filming rather than like a flatter graphic show so even though i can draw spongebob intuitively my strengths weren't there at least they didn't see it like right away could i've gotten on that show and learned it yeah but they were like you didn't know it right away so no for you which was okay but um because if you do have candidates that know the show, like can nail it right away, you want those candidates. I suppose. Of course, that makes that makes sense. Um, and they don't know; you have to prove it to them. So, but, the, but it was good for me to know. Oh, I'm just gonna not. Those are not shows that I think are suited for me. Then you kind of grow into your own strengths and weaknesses. Speaking, of, I should, probably should have asked this earlier. Now I think about it. Look, how do you get onto these projects? Is are people approaching you, or are you like applying to work on these projects? Um, both. Luckily, luckily now in my career, most of the time I'm getting approached for things. That's hard earned. That's well, well earned. But I'm just like, uh, entertainment is. You have to be a really specific personality type to survive in entertainment. It, you are only as good as your last project. You have to stay relevant. You have to continue your skill building. Your job is cyclical. Your job is, could be six months. It could be a year. It could be two years. It could be one month. It could be whenever that job is over, you are hustling to find the next job. Because like, let's say you are at Disney and your movie ends. Well, at the time that your movie ends, does Disney have another project? that is mm. in point of production where they need artists. Maybe not. If they don't, you're out. If they do, they'll try to place you if they like you, but you can't count on that. So it's one of, I think I have I know, like 35, 40 properties that I've worked on in my, in my career, probably because I started so young, but that you can see, you could work on three or four projects in one year. So, you're saying before that like you get a section of the script so how long will it take you to get that section of a script to a finished piece ready to go depends but like let's say let's say it's an 11 minute short you have five weeks from start to finish to nail down the entire episode so you only get you only get like a week or so, if sometimes not days, to get out a skeleton version of what's there. You, I mean, you become really adept at doing it, but it's hard. Like if you have an action show where you have to map out action, that takes that takes time and 
production, like television production schedules are lightning fast. The turnaround time is insane. I didn't even think about action. Like you have to like pan pencil in and plan out fight scenes and stuff like that. I imagine that the more I'm talking to, the more I'm realizing how crazy this job is. (laughs) Well, it's just like, it's, it really is like live action filmmaking, except you have to draw everything instead. So like if you were a live action film director, you are going to get that script and you have to make decisions about what that's going to look like to your audience. So you're going to have a room like that one, but you're, instead of having to draw all the action and plot it out, you're going to plot it out with your crew and your cameraman. You're going to make marks on the floor for your actors to stand on. And then you're going to tell them, this is what has to happen for this scene to work. You guys have to, you two people have to stand here because the third person is going to come through the door over here. He's going to knock over that lamp and I have to be on you. You're going to hear this lamp be knocked over. You're going to react. And then I'm going to cut over there. So like, it's that planned out for live action. Is that planned out for animation? But you have to think about what comes next. You can't just go, oh, this is a great scene because it might totally F over your scene that's coming right after it. If you've not, if you haven't paid attention and read the whole script and just read your section, you could have wasted your time because you've set up something that completely is going to mess up what comes after it. You weren't thoughtful in looking at the big picture. And that's one thing that I, as a storyboard artist, I just loved big picture, which is how I eventually moved to directing because I would not just read my section, I'd read every script, not just my script, but every script in the show. And then I'd go to the background people and be like, what are you doing with this? And how are you doing with this? And so when we have story meetings, I would be like, well, why don't we just use the background from script three? Because we've already set that up. We could economize that set. And then we've already had this story art and we could have a reoccurring gag that could happen over here. And I started realizing that I was thinking outside of just the episode. And I was thinking about everything and then I went oh maybe I tried that I think I'd like to try everything that's, that's, that's kind of where I'm at now trying that stuff I love it was well, oddly enough you sort of segued into my own next question yourself that was beautiful well, I don't like it I was gonna say in the past few years you know you've you're now directing animation so including winning awards on shows like Still Wars, like we just looked at them. What made you want to take a stab at Doris? And obviously you're saying then, you know, you could see that bigger picture. What made you go like, do you know what? I'm going to put my big girl pants and I'm going to do it. I've been doing story forever and ever. I mean, it's just, it's baked into my soul. And at some point you grow out of where you're at. At least I did. I grew out of that. I like a challenge. I had felt like, okay, I have, I boarded on enough things and I've boarded like entire episodes of something like I know I know that I know how to do this and then it's learning all the new things that come in with directing which is like people management and politics and delegating all these all these new skills to add to the plate but you always still have to draw which is fantastic <laughs> you still have to, like a live action director will jump in front of the camera and show an actor what he wants them to do, I still have to jump in front of the camera and show my team what I want. So I have to be able to sketch something out. I want this scene, I'm talking about this emotion, I'm talking about this setup. Um, But yeah, I just grew out of that. And then at one point I felt like I grew out of 
even directing, I'm currently my first supervising directing position at Netflix and Kickstart Animation, which is so cool because supervising director gets to look at every show in a series and not just the one that they're directing or the few that they're directing. Then you get input on world building and story and everything from the ground up, you know, before the part of the script writing process and part of the character design and part of the, the world building, you're the one making those decisions that are going into production so that you just, it's just a bigger piece of the overall pie. And so I'm just I'm loving that because I had, I found that it was doing the same thing as a director. I'd be reading everybody else's scripts and then I'd be thinking about the whole series as an arc and I'm like, oh, want to do that badass amber badass i love it absolutely and you seem you seem to found your calling with it though because you know as i said you're getting nominated for every award under the sun at the moment for doing this and you're working with huge names like lisa lisa kudrow who's like a dream guest of mine for this show yeah it's absolutely amazing i love it i have so much fun with it it's joy it really is a lot of joy and i can't do anything else i'm like really what else could I do? Nothing. Like I, this is like that. all you've known. Yeah. So I've just been doing this for since you were like a teenager. So incredible. But tell me about what over animated productions. Then is that a company of yours, or do you just called your website? It, this it is my it's my name. I've always been like over animated. Is probably a good adjective. I like it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's very descriptive. <laughs> <laughs> But when I was thinking of, you know, it really is just trying to sound more legit when you have, uh, my, like my website is just over-animated productions. My email is over-animated productions. I don't really produce anything. I am, I am not a company, um, even though you can buy my services. That sounds really seedy, but... <laughs> <laughs> But that's what that's what it is. And you know, but someday I wanted that name because someday, who knows what with animated over animated productions, maybe it is something someday. But right now it's just it's just me. That's it's cool. It's just a cute name. It's fun. That's it so seems more legit if you're gonna look me up and be like, oh, Amber Hollander at Gmail or Amber Hollander at overanimatedproductions.com. That sounds nice. You're right. Oh, to be fair. Of the tongue. oh, French kiss. I like. Oh, good. I- <laughs> <laughs> so, with the projects that you've decided to direct on them, was it you saw these projects and were like, I want to direct on these? Or were you involved in the creation of this these series? No, not a not a series creator at this point. But I've got my own projects. Maybe someday they will be brought to fruition. Maybe not. I do have a really strong skill set in taking someone else's idea and filtering it through my lens and making something good, great. Like I have just a strong like script doctrine, finding where the weak points in the story are and fixing them, finding the weak points in character or layout or whatever it is and fixing it. So I have a definite gift there. And as much as I'd love to be a creator of something, I'll see, like, maybe that isn't my calling. Maybe that's where I've ceilinged out, but I do have my own ideas. And once I felt like they were like flushed out enough that I would want to execute them, that could be something later on to explore. So, so- but, uh, but to answer your question, your original question is, no, in the, my first directing, um, I've loved 
the experience of everything I've done. It's whether it was challenging or, or fraught with roadblocks or whatever the project was, I learned something invaluable on each one and have nothing but, but gratitude for the opportunity to have those experiences. So um, again, glass apple that circles back around. <laughs> and, um, but the, in my very first, and my very first directing job, I just wanted to do it. Like if you haven't directed before, does somebody want to give you a chance to direct? I don't know, not if they can find anyone else. So I have a feeling that my first directing job was because they were desperate. I could not find anybody else and I was willing to do it. And I will take that all day long. I don't care how I get my foot in the door. I'm going to get my, once I get my foot in the door, I'm going to get my big ass in the door and I'm just going to start doing stuff. So, and that was really what that was, you know, I was grateful for that opportunity and that's what I needed to take the next step. Absolutely. But like, like we said, it's definitely paying off. So it's a good job he did throw your foot in the door, really, because, you know, it's paying off for it. So in your original email, you said to me, you said that you're working with another dream guest of mine in Dan Povenmire and his new series for Disney uh, Plus, Hamster and Gretel. What can you tell us about this? Because I am horribly intrigued because I love me a bit of Phineas Verb. Oh, well, you will not be disappointed. I met Dan when I was 18 at Nickelodeon. So we worked on Hey Arnold together. He was my director back then. And then all these years later, I mean, I was a storyboard revisionist at Nickelodeon at that time. It was my really my very first storyboarding job was Nickelodeon. So even though I worked at Film Roman, I was doing character layout. So I met Dan then and he's just a special kind of energy and this is pre-Phineas and Verb, but he had this cool band that we would go to see called Keep Left. And it's, it, do you guys know the Bare Naked Ladies, that band? Yes. Okay, so it's very much that vibe where it's great musicians who just have really kooky, fun lyrics that put, like it's, it's got its own vibe and energy and that's what Keep Left was. And Dan, you know, writes all the music for his shows. Like he can sing, he can play, he writes music. He's like an octothreat. He can board, he can direct, he can design, he can do like I all it almost makes him unlikable because he's just so he's so unbelievably talented with all the tentacles he has that <laughs> reach out to do. So um coming full circle and getting to work on his new project I was thrilled because I knew no matter what it was going to be the kind of smart humor that I like you know I I'm my own brand of humor but I like smart humor I don't like low low hanging fruit I like things that are complex and layered and anyone who watches news and verb even as an adult you have to appreciate the story, like the storytelling, if you watch more than a few episodes, you start to understand how layered and complicated this world is for these little, you know, like triangle head characters and how brilliant the infusion of music is brought to the world and how purposeful it is. And it's just so great. So I was not disappointed and no one else will be when this hits the air in July on Disney+. Plus. Hamster and Gretel is, it's billed as a sibling superheroes show, but at essence, it's a story about the relationship between a brother and a sister 
one who gets superpowers and one that doesn't and how that affects their relationship and how they work through that. And so everything when you're talking, we've talked before about when you're storytelling, it's all about making decisions, Mm -hmm. knowing what your story is about helps eliminate some of the decisions you might make. So if you're, if you're getting lost in a script or a story, you can go back to what the core of the story is about. It's about Gretel and Kevin, this brother and sister and their relationship. So if I'm making a decision that doesn't really feed back into that narrative, I'm probably off track. Let's make a decision that actually focuses back on that relationship and how that's affected. It's so effing funny. It's so kooky. It's so, I'm just really, really, really excited about it. It's, it won't disappoint. It's going to be so excited. It really is. I'm so excited. You know, like there's, there's some things that you just that you resonate with more than others. And you work on a lot of properties and you have some personal investment in each one, of course, but this has a lot of, um, I was able to put a lot of heart into it. And I, Dan gave me a lot of freedom to just do what I wanted with his scripts. And then it was just a really nice partnership. Amazing. Like we Phineas and Ferb, I used to watch my eldest son all the time when he was younger, and he still loves it now when he's 16. And, you know, we interviewed Jarrett Reddick, the singer from Bowling for Soup, on this show, and pretty much instantly I was like, tell me all about your experiences on Phineas and Ferb. I need to know all about it because the show is amazing. It's, it's just, I'm so excited to see Dan's doing something else now. I can't wait. It's great. It's really, really good. So you alluded to it early. Well, sorry. I said I wouldn't just say that. I know it's a, I would have to say that, but I really do believe that. <laughs> so you alluded to earlier you, you're working on a project at Netflix? Yes. Um, I can't say too much about it because we haven't been announced. All I can say okay. is that uh, Netflix and Mattel have partnered up to do a set of miniseries. And mm-hmm. that's kind of all I can say right now. And I will be um, series director on those. Amazing. Now you've thrown the name Mattel in there. I'm painfully intrigued. Because <laughs> I know they've done great work with Masters of the Universe lately. So I'm like, Ooh, what are oh you doing goodness. now? Netflix is just, they're just off the chart. They're just really doing great, great stuff. Um, love, yeah, the Kevin Smith's re, uh, reinterpretation of Masters of the Universe. Totally love that. I'm a huge Kevin Smith fan from back in the day. Like, he does not. he does not disappoint in any way shape or form and i love how if you are going to take an old ip like he-man something that you know back in the day was that uh, deke animated uh, photocopy running towards the screen over and over you know it was the same show day after day and the characters didn't have a lot of backstory or agency it wasn't very deep and to take something like that and go, okay, this is pretty dorky old property, right? And then to give it to give it a new life with meaning and flesh it out without it feeling without it feeling um, like you're spoon feeding messages to your audience and without it feeling um, I don't it's like it, it feels current and relevant like it really was worth doing so I'm super super happy and then the infusion now of uh I'm not out yet but magic the gathering is now going to be a series yes I heard that, that yeah 
they just, they just are wrapping up production on that right now. Arcane, which is, I mean, it blew everything away that I've seen television wise this year, except for other anime properties, but like I won't super geek out on Attack on Titan and Demon Slayer. No joke, those are so legit. But <laughs> <laughs> but, Ar- but Arcane was just like, what? I, you know, you're thinking about, oh, this is a video game um, inspired. You know, I was less than pleased with Mortal Kombat and some of the previous iterations of trying to force a video game into just because it's a pre-existing IP and it has a brand recognition doesn't mean that it's meant to be told as a long format story. And they're going to try it anyway because they're probably going to get eyes on it and make money. But Arcane was some of the best writing that I had seen in a really long time. Really, really thoughtful. The art direction on that, the look they were able to achieve, just balls. It was just nuts. Loved it so much. I, I love the passion in your voice when it comes to animation. You'd think someone that's worked in them for so long, like you talk to like chefs and they're like, I cook all day when I get home, I just want beans on toast, mate. You'd think that you work all day on animation, you get home, you're like, give me trash, real life people, TV. I can't be dealing with drawings anymore. Well, I would say in general, I am I am apathetic about very little. I am a passionate person because I like, I don't know. I think that's more enjoyable. I have mm-hmm. a lot, like, I, really, I just take passion in in everything. So my work is no different. So you mentioned earlier when we first got started here that you've had a podcast for the past year. I have. It's fledgling. I have. Yeah, listen, I got a full-time gig making these cartoons. So I it's something that I don't get to as often as I'd like, but I absolutely love it because I love talking about films. So I created this podcast called Film Fight and I've got these amazing co-hosts who who help just make it fun. Like they're the fun. I'm like the studious. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the straight man probably and then they're all fun Um, co-hosts. I've got uh, Zach Bassetta who is a writer and podcaster in his own right and then I've got Steve Walter, who is an Emmy-nominated sound engineer. It's amazing, does so many great projects. And then Jim Fastano, who is uh, works at Team One Marketing and is like, huge campaigns like Lexus and Pepsi. So each one brings their own point of view to the show. And what the podcast is, is a film analysis podcast where we take two movies of a similar plot or genre and match them up to see which one is better and why. Like, why was one movie more successful than the other? They were so similar, like Deep Impact and Armageddon. They were so similar and one was clearly better. You know, so we take, um, just so much fun with it. We did uh, Wyatt Earp and Tombstone, both Wyatt Earp biography stories that took some, you know, creative license. Why was one hot garbage and one was... <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes, you know, they're not always like a, a clear winner or a loser, but it just gives us an opportunity to explore and talk about film and have fun and joke around. Like, it's not a serious podcast. We have a lot of silliness in there. I get to curse because I don't get to curse a lot in my day job. And- oh, no. 
<laughs> my mom hates it. She hates it when I curse. Ah, uh, okay. As I said, because here we can say whatever we like, but obviously it's understandable. We won't. We don't want to upset your mum. So. <laughs> no, no I, lo- I live to upset her. No. Sorry, mom, no. <laughs> I love you. I fucking love you. <laughs> I was looking at the episodes that you've done earlier on and I saw you did the original Robocop versus the remake. And I've downloaded it to list to I haven't got around to list to but I will tell you if 2017 Robocop came out on top, you're getting a strongly worded email. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. no. No, well, not for me. Not for me. Like, it's usually me and the guys have our have a similar feeling about who's the clear winner and a loser on that. But um, for me, yes, the OG was just didn't even hold a candle. I appreciated they were at a really disadvantage making that remake. You know, how do you take something and make it your own, make it different and still pay homage to the original? It was a tough, tall order. And I think I think it wasn't executed great. That's to say the least. <laughs> so before we wrap up, with such a wonderful career, you've done so many amazing projects. If you were to send people out there who are listening to this to check out something you've worked on, you're like extra proud of, what would that be? And why is it the Mike Tyson cartoon that I completely forgot existed? <laughs> <laughs> you know, when they say when you are, when you are trying to, make yourself a brand and put identifiers to you so that people know what you do. I'm the worst at that because I love doing everything. I love all genres. I love being able to move from a preschool show to a rated R show. I want to be able to experience all that. I like drama and chopping people's heads off and impaling them. And then I also like teaching them thoughtful Zen lessons when they're teeny tiny and I want broad comedy and then I want reined in adult comedy I want a three camera setup and then I want a cinematic universe where I can move my camera anywhere I want to move it so why why Mike Tyson pops up in the IMDb is that if I can work on you know an Emmy and uh, Annie and Peabody nominated project like Stillwater um I am also still this other person, which, first of all, Scooby-Doo is one of my favorite cartoons to this day. I still love Scooby-Doo. I love it. I've loved just about every iteration of Scooby-Doo that's come across the planet. I'm a deep fan. The only reason I worked on the Scooby Lego movie is I just had to work on a Scooby project. (laughs) Basically, Scooby-Doo was swearing. It was perfect. It's live act. It's shooting in live action. Like everything is like a, I could use shots from breaking bad if I wanted to. And then I could, I could curse and have these adult situations and flex these other muscles. And I loved the writing. It was surprisingly funny. It was really funny. I really, for all the, the public scrutiny on Mike Tyson, certainly there's some debatable things. Me as a woman, I, you know, there's, there's some things that I'm not loving about his past and then and then also watching that journey and evolution as he gets to know himself and change as a person and be able to have a second chance and realize the kind of person he was and that's also kind of a gift and then to be self-effacing enough to do a project like that I gave him a lot of credit for that 
Sorry, like it's too much deep on that. Which was no, just I like, like it. I like no, it. We're, we're like it when guests go in like deep in. They listen to us talk shit for the past hour and a bit. <laughs> so, so this is all about you. We, we want to hear you talk. We don't know. We you know we want to ask the questions and sit there and be like, this is, enjoy the ride, boys. Enjoy the ride. <laughs> Tom, have you got any more questions? I do. Amber, when you first started out drawing, storyboarding, obviously when you were a little girl, did you ever think that this is where your life would take you? This is where you'd be today? No and yes. Like I knew, I knew without a doubt that I was going to someday be a Disney artist. I knew it. Like I just knew. And I'm like, I am one of those people that is tenacious and absolutely tenacious. I will fight and work for what I want to do. Like I just, I, sometimes people get in their own way and I just yeah. want to be one of those people that if I say I do want to do something, like do it. I'm not one, I'm a very active person. So I hope that I do even more. I'm very proud of what, I, of what I've accomplished, but I want to do even more. I'm a very driven person. It's incredible. I find you very inspirational. I, uh, the fact Absolutely. that you literally have just built your career from the ground up yourself. You have, you know, you didn't go to school to see, you just literally taught yourself how to do everything. And now look at you as a supervisor director taking over the fucking world. Incredible. We're just one of serious, but thank you. I, <laughs> I'd love to rule the world. Thank you for offering. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> I'll, I'll leave that off on the table there for you, Amber, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you can pick it up whenever you like. No, I, I completely, completely agree with what Tom said, though. You know, it's very inspirational to see someone that went, I want to do this. Do you know what? I'm doing it. Job done. And, you know, you're making a living doing that. Absolutely incredible. And it shows that if people want something so bad in life, they yeah. can get it. Yeah. It's very, very kind. Thank you. Tabs. Amber, before we let you go, would you like to play our little game we like to play with our guests? You know I do. I don't know what it is. Do I? Do I? Yeah, you do. It's fine. Okay. Nothing scary. Don't worry. It's called the quick fire round. We ask you five questions all about yourself. So you ain't got to worry about knowing the answers. Hasn't that been this whole podcast? Ah, but. Ah, 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 <laughs> but these aren't long form answers. These aren't. All right, all right, all right, all right. These are These are very, very basic questions. For example, question one. What is your favourite pizza topping? Cheese. Yeah, cheese. you can't have never have cheese. <laughs> all cheese. Just all the cheese, please. <laughs> what is your favourite movie sequel? Oh, Empire. Oh, I love this woman so much. Yes. Uh, <laughs> what is your favourite joke to tell? Oh, shit, I... For working in comedy, I'm absolutely the, the worst at this. Um, I don't have any really great jokes, but okay, I've got one that I can remember. What did Batman say to Robin when they were getting in the car? Don't know. Robin, get in the car. I love it. I love basic. I love it. Brilliant. It's so stupid. I love it. Phenomenal. I'm staring at that. That's amazing. Oh. If there was to be a movie about your life, who would play you? Oh, God. Oh, shit. I don't have 
<gasps> oh, Leslie Mann. I know that name. What kind of put a face? Oh, oh, uh, Judd, uh, Judd Apatow's wife. He's she's in all of his movies. She is funny and quirky and gorgeous. Like, oh, I'd be honored if she would play me. I'm gonna have to look it up because I know the name, oh, and it's just. Yes, I know exactly who you mean. Yes, 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 yes. She's amazing. She's amazing. Yeah. I know exactly who you mean. Last but not least, if you were to get in a time machine and go back and give one piece of advice to young little Miss Hollinger, what would that be? Um, I think it would be stop caring what other people think. Like that held me back as a young lady that held me back for a really long time, trying to meet expectations, other people's expectations of me and realizing that that wasn't my, I didn't realize that that wasn't my job to meet other people's expectations. And it wasn't until I learned that, you know, through maturation that, oh shit, like, no, this is my life. I get to live. I didn't care what you think, what you think means Almost nothing, really, at the end of the day, because this is my life. It would have been really helpful. So I guess that's what I could say. Beautiful. That's beautiful. That is really beautiful. This has been so much fun. We've had so much fun talking to you. I absolutely love this. Absolutely amazing. Hey, guys. I do it anytime. You're both quite lovely. Oh, thank you. You're too kind, Miss Hollinger, too kind. But before we let you go, is there anything you'd like to plug, social media, things coming up, etc.? Oh my goodness. Well, uh, season one episodes of Stillwater are still coming out on Apple TV at Hamster and Gretel. Going to be on Disney Plus this, uh, this coming July. Uh, episodes of Onyx Equinox and High Guardian Spice are on Crunchyroll. Um, I don't think they're doing Housebroken repeats or reruns yet on Fox. Uh, episodes of Film Fight will slowly but surely keep leaking out. <laughs> we keep uh whenever we can get to it and and i'm really really excited when i'm able to talk about this new project it'll be super super fun cannot wait I, i'm i'm very intrigued on this mm. one i'm very intrigued Is there anything you guys want to plug we we do our plugs all the time it's fine <laughs> <laughs> we plug ourselves <laughs> <laughs> we want to plug you go check out Amber's film that's what we want people right, to do I'll take it. <laughs> where can people find you on, online obviously not, not literally in the world um, you can find me on IMDB you can find me Amber Hollinger on LinkedIn you can find me at overanimatedproductions.com for contact information and to just lay some eyes on some drawings I have, YouTube, I have a YouTube channel you can go and check out my silly YouTube stuff. What's the uh, what's the handle for that? I think it's just Amber Hollander YouTube. Okay, sweet. I, I didn't it. find that, so I'll find that. <laughs> I think that's I think that's all I've got. I got LinkedIn, I got YouTube. I found you on Instagram. Oh, I do have an Instagram. I'm very rarely on Instagram, but I do have an Instagram account. It's true. All right. Yeah. All right. Thank you. I did. I gave you a little follow just to be like, ah, oh, there you go. Thank you. I appreciate that. Five, five, six people I've had. Five followers. 
Amazing. Everyone go follow Amber. Let's boost those numbers up. Let's boost those numbers up. Amber, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for doing this. Really appreciate taking the time out, especially on Super Bowl Sunday. Because I know it's a national holiday for America. Thank you guys for being so patient and rescheduling several times. Anytime. Anytime. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Like we've loved it. It's definitely worth the wait, put it that way. Absolutely. Beautiful. Amber, absolute pleasure. It was love. Thank you. We we had so much fun. We appreciate it. You take care. Enjoy the day. And let's go Rams. (laughs) Bye, Amber. Bye. Bye. What a fantastic interview. I love that woman. So funny. So just wonderful. This is great. Quite a character. We quite like characters uh, around here on the the old TCO pod. So, yeah, loved it. Absolutely great interview. People go and check out Amber's work because it's unbelievable, especially if you're an anime fan. And uh, we hope that you guys all enjoy listening to it as much as we did recording it. Mr. Stevens. Yes, sir. It's audience participation time, baby. Give it to me. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to participate in Jamie's participation challenge. This week I said, let's get dirty. What is something that you can say in the supermarket and in the bedroom? What say you, Mr. Stevens? Get your sister. We're leaving. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so proud of you. Thank you. (laughs) I had so many fucking answers to this. So did I. And I, I went through mine and yours and I was like, okay, there's enough here. Let me just quickly check the other places I post. And then there's gold there. So I've got so many answers to get through. So I can't wait. Should we get cracking? Let's go. Lydia Manson, former guest of ours. A cucumber doesn't belong here. <laughs> Harris Mansfield says, caution, slippery when wet. <laughs> Jake Smith, look at the size of that meat. Classic. We like a classic. Jasper Barrett says, don't forget to give them a bit of a squeeze to see if they're okay. (laughs) Another former guest of ours. Another former guest. Gemma Williams, friend of the show, also with quite similar says, there's nothing like giving something a nice firm squeeze, but there's nothing worse than squeezing something squidgy. Oh. (laughs) John Bannister. You can't eat that before you pay for it. <laughs> Zara Bullimore says, you need to get deodorant. Yummy. <laughs> Yummy. Sarah Hamilton, no need to bag it. <laughs> Donnie Gates gave us about five or six answers for this, but I just picked my two favourites because they were fucking brilliant. It says, I didn't know they came in fun size. <laughs> and do you give samples? Oh, you didn't get the best. That's not the best, too. Oh, what was your favourite one, then? I said, no, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I, I love fucking vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> I did see that. Benjamin George, awkwardly bumping into someone you know. Oh, you come here too. (laughs) 
another former guest, PR Brown, says those muffins look perfect. <laughs> another former guest, Matt Roberts. So is it buy one get one for it? <laughs> Ollie Roylands prices have gone up again. <laughs> Joe Day. Well, this looks a lot nicer on the website. (laughs) Abby Rika. Can I get some service down here? (laughs) Sonia Phillip. I guess I'll use the self-checkout today. Absolutely. Matthew Brown. How would you like to pay? Cash will come. John Gilman. This one made me chuckle. Unexpected item in the bagging area. (laughs) (laughs) Paul Sack. Fucking queuing again. (laughs) (laughs) Lynn Spicer. Last time I had that, it made me gag. Can we try something different? (laughs) Lee Barker. The misshapen ones are apparently just as good. Absolutely. This one is possibly my favourite. Lee Hodgkinson, can you show me where it actually is? Because I've looked already and I can't find it. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> Sophie Louise, it's past its best before date, but it's still passable. <laughs> and last but not least, he's back, ladies and gentlemen. It's been a while since we've seen this handsome devil on our show. It's Mr. Ryan Williams. Yeah, we love that. He drops a few for us. He says, uh, can you locate the kumquat? <laughs> <laughs> Look at those melons. Classic. Are those bananas? <laughs> well, that was juicier than I expected. And <laughs> that is a delicious looking sausage. <laughs> the way you delivered that made that better. <laughs> well, thank you. I did a, a little bit of salt and pepper on there, a bit of je ne sais quoi. A bit, what was it you said last week? A little bit of zhuzh. A bit of zhuzh. <laughs> a bit of zhuzh. <laughs> oh, that oh. is probably one of the best kind of special challenges I think you've ever done. Oh, two in a week. We're on a flyer. I think some good ones. There were some great. There were some. Uh, and for those that Joe didn't read out, they were still unbelievable. Yeah, there was tons. I had there loads. So great. Many. So many great answers. But if you enjoy participating in Jamie's challenge, you enjoy Callum's preachings, enjoy Tom's journal, enjoy the interview and all the shit we deliver on a weekly basis, then go check out the other 28 editions of Spoken Chronicles of Podcast, available wherever you get your podcast from Spotify, Apple, Google, etc., etc. You can also go to our YouTube channel at the Chronicles of Podcast, where you will find the interview, you will find the show in full, and you will also find hashtag WBW way back Wednesday, every Wednesday, 6 p.m. UK time, with an old interview from our old channel. We've got four months left of them. Enjoy them while you can. They're almost running out, guys. What are we going to do? do? Genius. Fucking love you. This is why we do the show together. (laughs) Jinx, make a wish. Anyway, you can also find us on Facebook at the Chronicles of Podcast. And uh, Jamie, do you know where else you can find us? I haven't got a fucking club. I've been looking everywhere. On the Twitter. Oh, I didn't think that. At TCOPod. Do you know where else you can find us, Jamie Westwood? Well, I couldn't find the last one, let alone another one. On the Insta. Oh, I'm on there every day. At TCOPod. And you can also find us on the TikTok at TCOPod. We are using it. We are posting. Please come follow, share, etc. 
etc. When you're on the YouTube channel, right, and you put the Chronicles of Podcast in, there's a little red button that says subscribe on it, hit it, and leave it on grey. Leave it on grey, leave it on subscribed, hit the bell, so you'll be aware, you'll be notified of every video that we post up, and leave us some comments. We like the comments, we'll respond to every single one of them as well, because we appreciate every last one of you. The Chronicles, oh no, wait, there's more. It's like, I feel like one of those pad adverts. Yeah, it's got like 50 different uses and they're all bullshit. <laughs> you can also find us at our website at www.thechroniclesofpodcast.com. It is currently down for maintenance. It will be back a week today. The Chronicles of Podcast. Downloaders, reviewers, raters, sharers, allow us into your ears. Tell all of your friends about us. And most importantly, <laughs> Paint me like one of your French girls. <laughs> I'm amazed you've not used that before. I know, and I giggled slightly, so I'm a bit annoyed that I didn't do it as fluently as I'd like to have done. No, you're still beautiful. You're still thank beautiful. you, mate. I love you. Just like you. Love you too. As always, every week, we have to say thank you to our good friends. First off, Mr. Matt Roberts, thank you so much for all our incredible music. Go check out Matt's music at Matt Roberts Music. He's on Spotify. He's in all the good places you get music from, including our entrance theme. It's a song in itself. Go check it out right Once now. in a lifetime. Once in a lifetime. I fucking love that song. I keep listening to it like all the time. It's amazing. Um, we have to say thank you to Mr. Braden Barry, Stay Cozy Clothing, www.staycozyclothing.com. They are the greatest hoodies you will buy. I will put my name on it because they are so freaking comfy. Oh, yes. Our good friend, our PR manager, our former guest, Ori Kimbler, recently got herself one. First thing she says, it's so good. I put it on and I had a nap. That's how comfortable I was in it. See, that is how cozy these clothes are. Go help yourself. Go to that website. Chuck one of everything in the basket. Use that discount code at the checkout, The Chronicles. Get yourself 10% off. And now people in the UK, they've converted their prices to British pounds for us. So we don't need to worry about that pesky conversion rate. It's all right there. Don't worry about it. He's done it for you. Braden is there himself with a calculator sorting out for you every single time. It is superb. And of course, our friends at the Sophie Lancaster Foundation, go to www.sophielancasterfoundation.com. Find out all about what they are doing in their fantastic work to stamp out prejudice, hatred and intolerance everywhere. Every week, we are shouting their name from the rooftops because it is such an incredible cause. And we really, really, really want you to go out there and help raise that awareness, whether it's liking their pages, sharing the post, donating money, speaking to any friend you have who a teacher's works in schools and try and get that workshop out there. Do whatever you can just to help out and spread that word. It don't cost anything. Okay. If you can spend some money, that is fantastic. And that's, we'd love that. But if you can't just share the love, share the love. I literally couldn't have said it any better, Jamie. Literally couldn't have said it any better. Sorry, I interrupted you. Carry on. I was going to say, last but not least, thank you to our friends at the Audio Drama Feed. Every week, Frank tells us all about them in their little ad. But go check them out. Listen to them. They've got some fantastic shows on there. And as Tom alluded to earlier, you might be seeing my... Well, you won't see my face. You might hear my voice pop up every now and again soon. So there we go. Absolutely. Jamie, like I said, I couldn't have said it any better myself. Well... I think uh, it's another great week That's in the bag, week. Jamie Westwood. Indeed, it is in the bag. The bag is tied up nicely and it's got a ribbon on it. Excellent. Better let him out first before we carry on. 
Anyway, <laughs> can't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as for this week, Jamie. Yes, sir. We'll see them all next week, yeah? Yeah, we will. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.